Reformed Church. Philippians 4.19. Uh, and I am going to just start reading this. King James Version. It says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And we've kind of been starting out with this for the past several services. I made different points from that. The first point that I kind of keep making, which I love the fact that when he refers to even meeting our financial needs according to his riches in glory, he says, by Christ Jesus. So, you know, uh, I've made those points in the past. Uh, we actually just put out a teaching called I Don't Believe in That Prosperity Stuff, which is sort of a, a supplement to the Power to Wealth series. If you have someone that you're trying to minister to regarding finances, um, they, they, they don't believe in that prosperity stuff, it might be kind of a cool thing to share with them, something cool to listen to for yourself as well. Um, but it is true that the power to even meet our physical needs as far as wealth is concerned was provided by Christ Jesus. It's not just some fluke thing, good for some people, not good for other people. It is by Christ Jesus. But the, point, the main point that we've been making here is when he says that God will supply your need according to his riches and glory. And what that means is, which we have gone over, um, again, whether you know, people like this or not, this is saying that God is able to make you physically wealthy in accordance with how rich his glory is. When he says God shall supply your need, that's talking about physically. Again, I've, I've gone into the, a little bit into the context of this chapter before, but this is talking about the Philippians aiding him financially. And so when he's talking about finances here, and I say finances, obviously, I just mean physical possessions. You know, we use the word finances because we, we trade money. If it was in Abraham's time, it wouldn't be called finances. He might have been trading sheep or goats or bulls or whatever it was at the time. Um, but uh, obviously, I just say finances because I'm just referring to physical wealth in general, really. But he's talking about physical wealth here. That's the context here. When he says, my gosh, shall supply your need, he's not talking about like spiritual needs or what we have on the inside of us. He's saying, externally, my gosh, shall supply your need, and he's going to supply your need so, so fully, it is in accordance with how rich his glory is. That's why he, he does talk about riches here. When he says riches and glory, he's referring to what we have on the inside of us. Uh, that, that particular term, his riches and glory, is referring to spiritual riches. But when he says, my gosh, shall supply your need, he's saying it's according to and in proportion to how rich we have it in the glory of God on the inside of us. We've been going through this entire series talking about uh, how the power of God in us, the glory of God in us, the grace of God in us is actually what manifests through us and provides our physical needs, brings physical wealth um, in, by different means, which we might talk about a little bit more tonight, uh, by different means brings physical wealth to us so that we can be full ourselves and we can give. But um, the important thing is when he says, in accordance with his riches and glory, the question that we've been asking is, well, how rich is God's glory? If he's saying here, if the point of this verse is to say, how well will God meet your needs? He's saying, well, in accordance with the riches, how rich his glory is, then the question to ask, which we've been asking, is how rich is his glory? Um, for the past two messages, I think, we've been talking about that. The point that we've been making is that God's glory is, is limitless, right? It, it limitlessly multiplies, actually. You may not have realized that sort of characteristic of the glory of God, that when, when the Lord talks about um, his glory inside of us manifesting, he calls it multiplying. It increases to whatever need you have. So in the case of even the, um, the loaves and fish, he talks about the multiplication, right, that happens there um, 
in, in the physical loaves and fish, but that's actually symbolic of how the grace of God, as we learn Jesus, because the people were learning Jesus, and as the people were learning Jesus, it, it's, 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 a, it's symbolic of how the life or the grace and peace of God multiplies through us and is increased to fill us, to meet our needs, and then some. Uh, the, if I lay hands on the sick, that healing power of God on the inside of me is still full. And it increases, actually. It actually multiplies from on the inside of me and now meets their need as well as not subtracting from what I have on the inside of me. So for Paul to say that our physical needs can be met, obviously this is as we know Jesus, um, but for him to say that our physical needs can be met in accordance with how rich his glory is, that's saying that there's no limit to how wealthy God can make you externally in physical wealth because there's no limit to how rich his glory is. Um, you know, again, a lot of people may not like that, but we've been talking about the purposes for that wealth. It's not wealth for the sake of wealth. It's wealth uh, so that we can be full. It's for us, and then also for every good work, right? Um, let me bring you, let me see if I even bring you to this verse or not. Yeah, let me, um, we, we're going to end up in Mark chapter 6. I just don't know if I want to bring you there just yet. Let me give you, give you one verse that I've been um, meaning to go to again. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. We have said, uh, mentioned that verse several times um, already, but last service I wanted to go there, and I got halfway through the verse, and then I kind of got um, onto something else. So um, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And we're going to read through verse, um, verse 11. Uh, again, we've read this verse several times, but I want to sort of further prove that point, that um, the physical wealth that God will add to us is in accordance, sort of that ratio is in accordance with how rich his glory is, okay? Second uh, Corinthians 9.8 says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That word abound, again, is the word, as I've been saying, parisio. If I'm, I still haven't looked up the, the, the pronunciation of that, but it's the word parisio. It means excessive. It means uh, 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 abundant, right? Uh, surplus. So God is able to make his grace abound toward you. That's that grace multiplying through you. This is referring specifically to the grace of God manifesting through you. And God is able to make his, man, his grace manifest through you in an abundance. We know that here, right? We know that as we believe in what we have in Christ and acknowledge what we have inside of us, that out of our belly flows forth rivers of living water. That's a, a term used for the manifestation of the Spirit through us. So when he says here, God is able to make his grace abound toward you, he's not talking about money yet here. He's just talking about his grace, right? The grace of God isn't money. God hasn't given us money as his grace or his blessing. We've got the grace on the inside of us, right? That's the power of God inside of us right now. And God's able to make that power manifest abundantly through you. Okay, so let's, let's just pause on that. How much grace is able to manifest from us? He says it, his grace is able to abound. So that he, it, his grace is able to manifest excessively through us. That means more than you need, more than is required. Um, kind of like when the uh, loaves and fish were multiplied. It didn't just fill them. They had 12 baskets left over. That, that's why it's a good symbol for how the grace of God manifests. When it manifests, it, it's more than you need. right? It, it's super excessive. It's sort of the word we've been using. Um, and again, if you were to ask, well, why did the, there still was an end to it. The loaves did stop multiplying it. 
at one point. Uh, so w w what's that about? But again, it's according to our knowledge, right? As we grow, you could say the bread and the fish are able to continue to multiply and multiply and multiply. There is no limit to that multiplication. And that's what he's talking about here. He's saying God is able to make that grace inside of you manifest abundantly. So watch this. He's able to make his grace abound toward you so that, or, or, or that ye, so here are the results, that you always have all sufficiency in all things, and you may abound to every good work. That word abound there is the same word, parisio. That abound is talking about wealth. So you see the two words there? You see the one-to-one the -one ratio correlation that he's making there? And again, I know we've read this verse before, but I wanted to show you that ratio being sort of supported by Scripture again. Over here in Philippians 4, he says, God will meet your need in accordance with how very rich he is in glory. That makes a man very wealthy. The blessing of God makes a man rich. We know that, right? The Bible says that in Proverbs 10, 22, the, it's the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich. Um, and that is, we've been through that as well. That is talking about physical wealth, and we've proved that in the past. Um, but it doesn't say how wealthy. Like the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, but how, how rich? What is appropriate? Philippians 4 starts answering that question by saying, he'll meet your needs so sufficiently that it will be in accordance with how rich his glory is. Every believer, if you will believe these things, and not every believer is willing to believe this, okay? Um, there are certain things that I've gotten pushed back on before um, when, when teaching certain things, and this is one of those topics, right, where a lot of people have pushed back on that, and you know what? That's, that's their decision. I may not like that decision, and God certainly doesn't like that decision, but that is their decision to, to make, to, to hear it or to not hear it. But um, you know what? We can receive it. You can receive it regardless of what someone else receives or doesn't receive. So uh, if you're willing to receive this, that's what Paul's talking about. He's saying God is able to make you physically wealthy in accordance with how wealthy he is in glory. And he actually says the same thing here in 2 Corinthians 9.8. He makes his grace abundantly manifest through you, parisio, through you, so that you may parisio in your finances. You see? The grace he refers to is not physical. That's spiritual inside of us. But he's able to make that abound Grace and peace multiply, increase, manifest through you, and when the grace of God touches your finances because you believe it, you can have the confident expectation, right? When the grace of God, it's so excessive inside of you, when it abounds through you and manifests through you, if you will believe this, when it touches your finances, it says it does to your finances, you see that? That you always having all sufficiency in all things, that's talking about in your finances, may parisio abound to every good work, so that your finances may be abundant. But I love the fact that he uses the same word as referring to his grace, because what he's saying here is, your finances are going to be in the same quantity as the grace manifesting from you. And seeing as there's no limit to the grace that can be manifested through you, there is no limit to, therefore, how abundant your finances can be. Again, Lots of people don't like that. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and just accept the truth. And you know, we'll enjoy the truth then. That's, that's the mentality you have to have. You know what? Uh, you can't quite say, well, if you don't want it, then more for us. Because again, it's limitless. But at the same time, if you don't want it, then I'll enjoy it. If you don't want it, then I'll believe it. And in the end of the age, maybe you'll come around then and see that what we were saying the whole time was true. 
that first word abundant is referring to the unseen grace of God inside of you. You could say the riches of his glory. And that second word abound, that you may abound, is talking about finances. God makes his grace so abundant through you, and God's grace is so excessive that when it touches your finances, it makes your finances as excessive as his grace is. Sounds like your needs being met so thoroughly in accordance with how rich his glory is. Your so let, let, me, let me sort of wrap this particular point up with this verse. Your finances, as far as how wealthy God is able to make you, can reflect how rich his glory is. And you may say, well, there's not even enough money in the world, Pastor Mike, to abound that much. God's grace is so abundant. You know, how can you say that God is able to make one physically wealthy, even financially, right, wealthy, in accordance with how wealthy his grace is? His grace is limitless. There's not even enough money in the world. And, you know, don't uh, sort of let your heart be troubled here. There wasn't enough bread and fish that day either, right? The grace of God doesn't have limitations as far as its, its, its quantity. Now, the grace of God certainly has limitations as far as its manifestation, how much is manifested, right? Because, for instance, there's a lot of people that don't believe this kind of thing. You can show it to them from Scripture, and it's just not the kind of thing they want to believe. And that's fine. Again, if you're that person, maybe you can listen to that I don't believe in prosperity stuff teaching that, you know, I just taught, and, and listen to that. But people won't believe it, and so that obviously limits Therefore, the grace of God that can be manifested in their life. But there is no limitation as far as quantity is concerned with the grace of God. And therefore, your potential for wealth in this world is limitless. You have a limitless potential. Man, when you start realizing this, you look at believers now, and you just see potential there. I mean, say even financially. You just see, I mean, in every other way as well. You can see a believer that's sick, and you look at them, and you're like, man, the potential you have on the inside, I see you healed. Not because you see their body healed. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, faith isn't seeing something that's not there. Like, I have to see your body healed even though it's not healed. Or I have to see you having a lot of money even though you don't have a lot of money right now. That's called lying. God isn't for lying. It's impossible for God to lie, which means it's impossible for God to call something that actually isn't as if it were. That's a mistranslation of that verse, just so you know, if that's ringing a bell. It's a mistranslation of that verse. If you call something that isn't as if it really were, if your kid played that with you, you would say, well, that's lying, right? If you say something is when it's not, that's lying. God isn't for lying. But when you look at a believer or look at your own, look at yourself and think about your life, you know, man, with, with, with the Lord, there's nothing but potential inside of you. Potential for wealth. Potential for, I mean, you can see a, a believer in a wheelchair and you can see the potential, the strength for their legs right there inside of them. Even if they're not a believer, you can see the potential for their legs on the inside of you then, if they're not a believer. But you just see limitless potential. What, and including in, 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 in sort of context here, with finances, whether for yourself or for another believer, because as Ms. Lindsay was just praying, we all have the same things in Jesus. We have the same things that Jesus has. And uh, you say, well, Jesus doesn't have money in his pocket. So how can, well, he has power though, right? That's the important thing. The Lord hasn't given you the money in your pocket. He's given you the power to sort of, for lack of a better term, possess the money in your pocket. But man, you, you, you sort of lift that cap off on the grace of God and say, wow, if the grace is for my finances and my finances can reflect how abundant his grace is and the grace of God has no limit, the grace of God just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and this, without any limit whatsoever, 
then it makes your finances look different to you. In fact, you cannot understand these things truly and it not change the way that you look at your finances and speak about your finances. If you have never gotten a bill in the mail before, and I'm not talking about in your head, I'm talking about out of your mouth said, you know what, thank God I got infinite potential in Jesus for finances. If that's never come out of your mouth, it's not abundantly in your head. I'm not saying you've never thought about power to wealth. I'm saying, did it come out of your mouth? And you may say, well, Pastor Mike, you always talk about how, you know, it's just, you just, you just got to believe it. And that's it. Just one thing is needful. It, it, one thing is needful. You only have to listen to Jesus and learn. That's it. You don't have to try to make it come out of your mouth. But your mouth is the faucet for your head. It's not about trying to change your words. If, that, if, if you've never had sort of a, a confession about how good you have it in Jesus when you get a bill in the mail, and probably by email these days, but if, if it's never come out of your mouth, I'm not asking you to change your words the next time you get a bill. But if it hasn't come out of your mouth, it's not abundantly in your mind yet. That means you just don't quite get it yet. And we're growing. Because God wants it to come out of your mouth because it's an evidence and just an evidence. So you could fake it and you could say, well, you could just repeat those words the pastor Mike told you to, to say when you get a bill in the mail, and that's just fake, and that's still not evidence of what being in your head. Not everything that comes out of your mouth is abundantly in your mind. But everything that's abundantly in your mind is going to come out of your mouth. Okay? Not everything that comes out of your mouth is abundantly in your mind. But everything that's in your mind will, abundantly, will come out of your mouth. And just so you know, it's not the thought that floats around in there that comes out of your mouth either. The Bible doesn't say that out of the minority of thoughts in your mind, your mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. If you have something abundantly on your mind, it will come out of your mouth. This is why, plenty of times before, I can tell with, with, with certain people, not even because based on like a word of knowledge or anything, but I can tell with people, I can tell what, what church you've gone to before. I can, I can tell what teachings you're listening to. I can tell that. Because people will say stuff, stuff sometimes, and I'm, I'm thinking, we don't say that at our church. You heard that somewhere else, and it's certainly not written in the Bible. You can tell. It's a been, it's been, they've been trained in it for so long that it goes, whoop, they didn't even realize it came out. They may, it, it will come out of their mouth, and they'll think I agree with it. Now, I don't mention every single thing that I hear and someone says, and you shouldn't either, right? You know, make some allowances here and let someone grow. At the same time, though, you can tell where someone's mind's been by what's coming out of their mouth, not by what's just in their head, but by what's coming out of their mouth. It will change your attitude towards finances, and it will change the way that you speak about finances when you realize, man, I got nothing but potential here. I got nothing but bottled up potential that doesn't want to stay bottled up. And if I will just start believing and seeing it, and you can't see it unless the Lord shows you, but you, the Lord can't show you unless you listen, though. Okay? You need to apply your mind to get to know these things. We've got so many resources online for you to learn and for you to grow on top of the fact that you've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you and you've got a Bible you know, of, of men of God having written these things for you in the past as well. So you know, I understand faith can't come unless the Lord speaks to you. We've got to depend on the Lord to speak to us, but the Lord can't speak to you unless you're applying your mind to him, though, and listening to him and meditating on these things. Okay? If you will go gung-ho, gung-ho on, on meditating on these things, and I don't mean just these things. Lord, something tastes good to you that day, and it does not power to wealth. Okay, that, 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 that's, that's okay. I, you know, go with what sort of tastes good in your mouth that day. You know, the Lord, the Lord speaking something to you, that, that's good, that's really good, and you keep going, 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 and you crank that, that. When you do that, 
man, just taking power to wealth, for instance, right? Because this is one of the things that God wants to meditate and be fully in our heart. When you do that and just crank that knowledge and crank that knowledge in your head, you can't speak the same way about your finances anymore. You can't. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's other people around you, other people in your, other people in your family too, that, you know, that, don't, that, that aren't saying that. But you could stand up and you can say, you know what, I got nothing but potential here. You know how, you know how excessive the grace of God is? I don't even know what to do with all of it. I don't even know what to do with all this power to wealth. It's all over me. It, it manifests all over me. It manifests in other people. And, and it's like I can't even get it off. The more I believe it, just keeps coming out and out and out and out. There's so much potential everywhere. I can't even, I can barely see the bill. There's so much potential. It's all over the bill. It's all over my, my finances. You start seeing potential for wealth all over you. You start seeing the limitless nature of what God can do with whatever you put in front of him. Even things you don't put in front of him. Even things you never even ask God for. The, the potential for the power of God to move in your money or in your physical possessions is, 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 cannot be quantified. So much so, God is able to increase your wealth to such an extent that cannot be quantified. Like I said, you say, well, there's not enough money in the world. But it doesn't have to be enough money in the world. Uh, the power of God exceeds uh, even, even physics and, 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 and human laws and things like that, it doesn't have to uh, be within the realm of human possibility for God to be able to meet your needs. I mean, like, we're talking about uh, a God who, who had, a, had a man in, in the belly of a whale for three days, okay, and who rose his son from the dead, who was brutal, brutally mutilated and tortured and raised them up, and he's sitting in immortality right now, our brother. So, don't limit what God can do with your finances because the only thing that could limit you, though, because a lot of believers will accept that limitless power of God. They'll actually even take God's limitless power and assume that God can do anything because he's limitlessly powerful, which is simply not true, right? Because God can't lie. God can't sin. God can, there's no unrighteousness in him, the Bible says. God cannot, cannot, not able to deny himself, and he cannot deny his nature. But his power is limitless, though. It just can't be used in every direction, right? Can't be used for sin, can't be used to lie, can't be used, but, so it's limitless in quantity, but just can't be used in every direction. Um, so Christians will acknowledge, oh yeah, I believe that God's power is limitless, Pastor Mike, but because they don't do what Paul did and link up their finances and link it up with the quantity of the power of God, they don't see the correlation. They'll go on believing that maybe poverty is somehow a humble thing to do. Poverty doesn't make you any more humble or any more godly or, for that matter, any more, you know, uh, in the right in your thinking than being rich does. It's just, uh, and, and God's will is not for people to be poor. But there's, when we, we think these things in the church, or we just don't make that correlation. Again, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard that, and probably each person that says it thinks that they're original, like, in, in saying it. It's like, uh, yeah, I know, yeah. And maybe I said that before in my mind, too, in the past, but you learn and you grow and you accept truths when they're shown to you from Scripture. You don't just blow it off because, well, I just don't believe that. Man, listen, <laughs> I'll get off the soapbox in one second. Let me just make mention of this. Man, I pray to God I never say that, where someone shows me something from Scripture about what Jesus did, and I, my reply is just, I just don't believe that. Oh, man. It's not, I don't think that's in Scripture, I don't think Jesus did that. I don't think it's possible that Jesus did that. Despite everything you just told me, I just don't believe it. That's a rough place to be. 
That's the real place to be. And don't think that that man will receive anything from God. Never want to say that. Man, I want to take advantage of every bit of the grace of God that he's already put on the inside of me. And if you want to do that, I believe the people at the very least sitting in this room right now, and I'm sure a lot of people listening online also, want that as well. And say, you know, God didn't give me this grace for no reason. Jesus did not wear a crown of thorns and, and, and tortured and put on that cross for no reason to supply me with abundant grace for no reason so that it could make my finances abundant as well for no reason. There's a reason for this. And man, it will change the way that you see things. It will change the way you see things, and it will change the way you speak about your finances. If you saw the amount of potential that you have on the inside of you, change the way you see the world, the way you see finances. It just, um, and on top of this, you know, I gave this example a while ago, but on top of all this, you know, nothing, nothing looks expensive anymore. And I'm going to explain myself here. I'm not talking about to your, to your finances, right? You guys know here that I always have to put this context on it, and it's important to do, do so. Uh, you, we need to be living below our means and using wisdom with our finances, okay? Um, I would probably advise people to be more frugal than they're even being right now, even the very people that might have uh, uh, take, you know, uh, like have an issue with, with what I'm saying. Um, I probably believe in being more frugal than even they, be, they believe in. But, man, you, you, you see things. Let, let me read to a verse to show you this. Um, uh, Mark 6, 49. I'm going to try to go through this really, really quick because I, I actually have a, another sort of bit I want to really be able to get to. But Mark 6, 49. This is the New King James Version. The New King James Version, Mark 6, 49. Um, I'll read through this real quick. Basically, the disciples see Jesus walking on the, on the sea to them. This is actually right after the feeding of the 5,000. And uh, they see Jesus walking on the sea to meet them when they were in a boat. And uh, verse 51, actually, verse 51, I'll just skip through that. It says, Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Now, you, we may look at that and say, well, that's an amazing thing. It's a marvelous thing. If somebody came to you, just think of put yourself in, uh, in their position. You could say, uh, put yourself in, in, in the same boat, right? <laughs> um, uh, they were, it says they were, they were amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Now, just to give you an example, let's say uh, one of your fellow believers in here even, you were in a boat and someone came walking on water to you. Put yourself in their position. You, a lot of us might think it's perfectly acceptable to be amazed at that and marvel at that. It actually is amazed in themselves beyond measure. But let me, let me give you a, uh, you know, I'm going to read this to you verbatim. I wrote something down. Uh, pay close attention to this. Our amazement at manifestations on the outside shows an ignorance to the vastness of what we have on the inside. See, if you understood the power of God on the inside that you have and what it's capable of, when you saw a little tiny bit of it manifested in, for instance, Jesus walking on water, you wouldn't be amazed at that because you'd be familiar with it. You would say, yes, that's what we can do as believers and, and so much more. I believe that. I believe I'm not bound to the laws of sin and death and physics in this world, but I'm only bound to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, right? At Romans chapter 7 and 8. You, you, you would see it as familiar, not as amazing. And you can see that when they were amazed at this, I'm getting to a point here, in verse 52, it says that they were amazed and marveled for they had not understood. 
about the loaves because their heart was hardened. There's a lot I could say about this, and I just don't want to get too deep into this because I, I want to leave time for some other things, but they had not understood, and their heart was hardened. Um, he, this is specifically talking, they, had, they didn't understand the symbolism about the multiplying of the loaves and how the power of God is, you know, uh, forever increasing, and, and, and there's no limitation to that. Basically what he's saying here is that if they had understood what I was teaching them about the gospel, they wouldn't have been amazed at seeing a bit of that manifested. And you know, there, there's another thing that changed in me, and I, I shared this with you guys a, a couple services ago, that changed in me, and I'm not advocating spending money you don't have, I don't advocate going into debt, I'm not advocating any of that, I'm not advocating even living up to your means, let alone above your means, okay? But, I'm not talking about purchases right now, I'm just talking about perception right now. And you know, I would, I used to see price tags and see people spending like vast quantities of wealth, you know, you see even like some of these YouTubers and stuff, and they spend so much money, and a lot of them spend it really stupidly, but that aside, you see these vast quantities of money, or you go somewhere to this really ritzy hotel and you look at something and you see things that are very expensive or very costly. And I used to look at those things and kind of be amazed at those things, like, oh my gosh, you know, you know, like just, just seeing those things is so foreign because I, I was not only, you know, it was a long shot from anything that was ever, you know, in my bank account, but it was like you, you just looked at it and were just amazed at how much wealth that was. And you know what, what's, what's amazing, though, is that, let me give you a for instance. If you really understand about the resurrection of the dead on the inside of you real thoroughly, when someone's raised from the dead, you're not amazed at it anymore. Because you're like, yeah, I, I know, I have that. I've been rejoicing over this for years. So when I see it there, you're like, yeah, thank God, but, you know, it's a good thing that they were raised from the dead. Thank God a need was met, but I know what that is. I'm not amazed at that. Thank you, Jesus. Amazement over something actually shows unbelief. He actually says that they were amazed because they didn't understand something. They were amazed because their heart was hardened, actually which caused an amazement, oh my gosh, because they didn't get it, what they had on the inside of them and who was with them at the time. Um, and that's for anything. A healing, you see healing happens or, or someone prophesies something over you that's going to happen in five minutes and then it happens and we go, oh my gosh. I, you know, I've even shared things with people before and like, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't even intend to, I didn't even know the Lord was doing this at the time, but told somebody what was wrong with like uh, their back or something one time. And they told me, they said, like, I'm freaked out. Like, I'm just freaked out right now. Like, I'm scared. And I actually had to, like, console them because that person is just, like, you're not used to seeing this in your mind that I have this. So when you see it outside, it's like, it can almost be scary. It's amazing. And listen, when you, this is why I, I wasn't able to understand sort of what had happened in my mind where I would see vast quantities of money or big price tags or things. You know, and I didn't buy these things even at the time. It's not about purchase I'm talking right now. I'm just talking about perception. When I started learning about power to wealth, I didn't even realize when it happened, and I was no longer amazed at those things because it changes your perception. It'll change the way you speak, change, change your perception of a bill. The bill stops looking so big now. Even debt that you might have mounted up doesn't look so big now. Uh, or the price tag on something doesn't look so big now. And you probably shouldn't buy it right now unless, again, it's cheap to you, and we'll go into some things in a second. But it's not about, I'm not talking about making purchases. I'm just talking about your perception because everything starts with your perception of what you have in Christ. Why should a vast quantity of money look amazing to you if you have a, a, an, an excess of power to wealth inside of you that cannot be quantified? And you really knew that. Why should a vast quantity, uh, 
maybe relative to what you have, look like a big deal anymore. I cannot make that happen in your mind. I can't make someone look at so-and-so that has a mansion or some vast you know, donation that somebody made, and you're just like astounded at that. I can't make you not be astounded at that, and you can't make yourself just, I'm just not going to be amazed at it. You have no choice but to react in amazement when you're not familiar with the vastness of the power to that very wealth, I'm not saying someone else's possession, but to physical wealth on the inside of you. When there's a recognition and a familiarity with you don't know, like I'm sorry, you saying to somebody else, you don't know how much power to wealth and potential for wealth I have on the inside of me. Um, when you really are familiar with that, it makes everything look so small. I mean, th think about what we're talking about right now. We're talking about, again, you see some kind of amount of money being spent. You hear some statistic online, or you read about something, and so-and-so bought this for this much money, or so-and-so spent this much money over here. And you look at that, and you're like, you're sort of floored at that amount. The amount just looks huge. Well, when you see that amount, uh, again, I, I can't make you perceive that in a certain light, but neither should we be trying to force ourselves to see that those things in certain lights, because when you understand what you have in Christ, the vastness, compare that amount, if you can quantify that, right, okay, it was X amount of money that was spent over here by such and such a person, take that and put it next to the power to wealth that you have inside of you. Like if we were to make a graph, right, obviously you wouldn't see the end of the graph, and it would just look smaller and smaller and smaller the more you recognize what you had in Christ that actually translates into wealth. You don't have wealth inside of you, but what you have inside of you directly, directly, not even indirectly, directly correlates to wealth and gets wealth for you and multiplies your possessions. Like Deuteronomy 28 says, that you would be plenteous in goods. And uh, it's a blessing, just so you know, of Deuteronomy. A blessing of Deuteronomy, that you'd be plenteous in goods. And Deuteronomy 8 and all the verses that we've been through in the past. So, I just want to show you that, that the amazement at these things, this is why when I shared that, like I, had, I didn't realize that that happened. And it was the first time, walked into a store, saw the price tag, as I shared a couple services ago, and I was like, that's not expensive. Shoot, like when I compare that to this, pointing on the inside of me for uh, those listening on audio, when I compare that to this, that's so cheap. That is so attainable. The bill being paid off is so attainable, so attainable, it's, it's nothing compared to not just what God has. No, 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 no. Don't start thinking like that. I didn't tell you that that bill is not big compared to God. That's not what I said. And I didn't say that that price tag was super attainable to God. That's not what I told you, okay? It is not sufficient for us to believe that God has power. It is not, because God would have power if Christ never came for you. I'm saying, you, you have the power to that. You do. Was it shared to you by God? Yes. Is it God's power that was multiplied now and put into your born-again spirit? Yes, but it's yours now. Otherwise, it's not a gift. Otherwise, it's not a gift. You have not been gifted anything. We talk about the grace of God and the gifts of God and the gifts of the Spirit and all these things. Well, it's not a gift if you can't say it's yours. It is yours now. It's inside of your born-again spirit. It's not like God just lives inside of you and you're this weakling and you're kind of walking around and, well, at least God can do this and God knows that. And we even say that in our expressions, right? 
I've been trying to get out of the habit of, of saying that because even when it starts coming out of my mouth, I have to think, like, what's a better way to say this? When we say, oh, only God knows this. Well, no, I know that too. Because when you say, well, compared to God, it's nothing. It's not incorrect, but that's not you knowing your inheritance. You say, compared to what I have, me, compared to what I have, it's nothing. You say, well, that's blasphemy, Pastor Mike. You, you're saying that you have these things. The thing is, this is the same mentality that Caleb and Joshua had. Did they say, well, you know, was it simply, simply, they knew the power of God, but was it simply that God has this power to take this land? No. We're well able. I am. Not because they thought that in their flesh they were capable, but because they knew that the power of God was theirs to utilize, theirs to believe, and theirs to manifest. You have to see yourself in light of the power of God. See yourself as the righteousness of God. See yourself as having the wisdom of God. These are things that you have to see yourself in. It is not good enough to say, well, God has it and God lives in me. Both true things. God has it. God lives in me by his spirit. And his spirit put all his qualities and his power to wealth in my born-again spirit. I have the potential to make wealth. I have these things. And is it the power of God in me? Yes, it is the power of God that's being utilized. It came from him, but it's now in my born-again spirit. I have to see myself in a new light that I'm well able to take whatever wealth God's bringing me into. That land was physical wealth, and Joshua and Caleb had a mentality that they were in possession of power to take the wealth that God had wanted for them. They were well able. And it's not that you're the one that has to do the manifestation. God manifests these things through you. You just have to learn these things and believe it. And the stuff that's in the Holy Spirit and your born-again spirit on the inside of you, that power will manifest out through you to your flesh and do things and add wealth in ways that you weren't even necessarily intending uh, uh, in, for it to be added. But you have to see yourself as these things. And if you saw yourself as someone, yeah, no, I got endless potential for wealth. You kidding me? This is not a big deal. This is not a big deal. When someone dies and you know you have the resurrection of the dead, you say, you know what, that person is a big deal, and God having solved that problem is a big deal, but the issue itself at hand of someone having died, not a big deal. Everyone, back up. Everyone, stop crying. Everyone, what is all the commotion about? And you step up and you say, I'm going to pray for the person because it's not a big deal because I have the fix. Boom. In the name of Jesus, you get up. And you pray for that person because you're familiar with it. You don't join in all the sobbing with everybody else like there's no hope for the person now. And same thing with finances. It changes your perception. It changes your amazement. You're not amazed anymore because you're like, yeah, I, that, that's, that's not expensive. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking at grocery prices today, and you're like, wow, eggs are way more expensive than they used to because you're comparing it to, you're saying it's relatively expensive. That's more than, than they should be worth, right? But let's be careful here, though, okay? You everyone hear me on this? Let's be careful, though, because let's not let that be an excuse to be amazed at a price tag to where you look at that and say, well, oh, my, that's so expensive. Well, let's make sure we're seeing our potential here, our one-to-one -one ratio, how rich, the glory of, how, rich, how rich we are in the glory of God that gets us well to where we don't look at the price of eggs and all of a sudden we are somehow uh, intimidated in some kind of way and leave intimidation off. I'm just saying, even just in a complaining fashion, to say somehow, that's a big price tag, and we're sort of amazed at that price tag when we say, no, it's not a big deal. If you ask me, are eggs expensive? They're darn expensive right now compared to what they used to be, compared to probably what they should be. But there's a different way to say that. And you, you, 
talking to me about the price of things today, and I would say, you know what? But it's not a big deal. It's going to change the way you speak about things. Don't try to force your, your tongue to do something. Then, it's, then you're just faking it. Up here. Make the tree good, and the fruit will be good. Tree means your mind in that particular context, and the fruit is your mouth in that particular context Jesus was talking about. Uh, I'm not going to read this to you because I want to get on to something else, but Zechariah 8, 5 through 6. You can read this on your own time. Zechariah 8, 5 through 6. Basically, the Lord just uh, was preaching to uh, Israel at the time, and they were, you know, they had been um, punished by God, and they were going through some hard times, and God says, hey, you know what? Uh, Men are going to live a long time now. I'm going to prolong the, the days of your, your people. And you're going to see you know, little kids running in the streets and playing. And he's describing this thing to them. And he's, what he actually says to them, he says, um, he says, if this is marvelous in your eyes, and the word marvelous there means wonderful or difficult. He said, if this is marvelous in your eyes, in verse 6, Zechariah 8, 6, if this is marvelous in your eyes uh, and in the remnant of this people in these, sorry, let me reread that. If it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in my eyes? Even if you look at that and say, wow, that would be a wonderful thing, that, that would be a quote-unquote miracle, because the word miracle today means difficult, amazing. If that's what it means to you, then just stop using the word miracle. That, that should, nothing should look difficult or amazing. You just shrug your shoulders at everything and say, I'm well able. I'm well able to do that, because Jesus didn't die for nothing. Jesus didn't die for my finances for nothing. Jesus died to get me something there. And uh, the Lord says, hey, even if it looks difficult in your eyes, should it be marvelous in my eyes? Should it seem wonderful and amazing and difficult in my eyes? And that's the, that's the kind of mentality you should have about things. To, to, to even look at the people in this world and say, you know what? If grocery prices are marvelous in your eyes, should it also be marvelous in my eyes? Because we have the mind of Christ and we have the power of God also. Should that look difficult to me to attain groceries? Should that look difficult to me to attain paying off my debt? Should that look insurmountable or difficult to me? Am I really seeing what I have of the riches of his glory? How rich I am? Am I seeing how rich I am in glory? If this little thing over here looks surpassing or wonderful or marvelous in your eyes, it shouldn't. It's just a sign of unbelief and not understanding the way that Jesus spoke about his disciples before. We hope you enjoyed this message from Reformed Church. If you have, please share this with someone else and help us get this unpopular message to the world. If you'd like to support Reformed Church, you can do so at reforminus.com give. Also on our website, you can take advantage of our free messages, articles, and even full discipleship courses. Start reforming your mind now at reforminus.com.